Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire to inform and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from from you. morning. So LJ Renee, what I'd like to talk about is from the very first book of the Bible in Genesis. And I'd like to talk about the verses where God comes to commune with Adam in the cool of the day. And he asks Adam the one question that we so often quote when he says, Adam, where are you? And what I'd like to talk about is God also is asking that same question to each and every one of us today. And it's not a question to ascertain the physical location of where we are. It's not really asking where you are physically. God knows where you are. And it's, it's really to take, it's a question for you to take introspection of yourself as to where you are spiritually, because really the question was not where, what tree was Adam hiding under? The question really was, where are you? Because you used to be in a place of communion and mm. fellowship with me, Adam, and you are no longer in that place of fellowship with me. You have left that place of your first love, even that's one of the that's one of the accusations for the churches in yeah, Revelations that they have left their first love. Adam had left his first love. He had abandoned that communion. And there is nothing in our lives that we should want more than we want that fellowship with Jesus. You remember that old song we used to sing? Friendship with Jesus, fellowship divine. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. I can say that Jesus is a friend of mine. Many of you have left that place where you have had that communion with God. You used to pray without ceasing. You used to fast without without any problem. You used to commune with him. Now you go to church to get a prayer. You go to the men and the women of God to get a word. He used to speak to you. He used to commune with you. He used to give you the revelation. You were the one that used to give the word. And now you're seeking that which he used to give. And I pray that before we conclude this program today, that we are all having the testimony of the psalmist that said, one thing have I desired of the Lord and I'm going to seek after it with all of my might and all of my strength all the days of my life. I want to dwell in his presence. In his presence there is fullness of joy. We need to want to be in his presence more than we want anything. So in in Genesis chapter 3, I'm just going to read a couple of verses starting at verse number 6 and I'll read down through verse number 10. 
It says, and when the woman talking about Eve saw that the tree was good for fruit and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Mm. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where art thou? And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And the thing about it is, is that he never was afraid of God until he had disobeyed God until they ate the fruit. They never were afraid. Matter of fact, they really expected God to speak to them, to be with them in the garden. But when they disobeyed God, when they ate of the fruit, then that's when their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked. And you know, being naked means that you're uncovered, you know, there's shame there. And so I believe that's exactly what they felt when uh, God called them. They knew that they had done wrong because now they now have the, the knowledge of good and evil. And that's what really God was trying to protect them from. And you know, the, the thing is, is that they could still hear the voice of God. So God could, would commune with them daily in the cool of the day and they could still hear the voice of God. But this time, and that's what sin will, that's the effect that's that exactly sin has in do. our lives is you can still hear the voice of God, but it doesn't have the same impact in your life. You can hear him, but now you're afraid of him. But doesn't he tell us so clearly, I have not given you the spirit of fear. So when you have that fear in your heart, that is not from God. God. Now there is a reverential fear we have towards God because he is the Lord and he is holy, but that is not the fear Adam had. He had a fear because there was sin and uncleanness in his heart. He had that fear that if God sees me like this, I'm going to be in trouble. So he thought sowing a few fig leaves and hiding under a tree would conceal him. But God sees through the tree and through the fig leaves and all of our, all of our attempts to cover up our sins, they are futile in the sight of God because we are standing before a God who sees all and knows all and there is nothing that is hid in his presence. You're absolutely right. I mean, they begin to hide themselves. When when you hear the word nakedness, that means that you are ashamed, that you are exposed, that you are open to scrutiny. They really, once they bit that fruit, um, their eyes were open and they were able to see their nakedness whereby before they walked around nude and didn't and didn't even bother them because they were open before the Lord. And that's what happens with our relationship with God. We can be, I heard a preacher say naked and not ashamed. When we have that relationship with the Lord, we can be open and exposed to God and come to him and have that conversation with him. That's because of the relationship we have. But when we begin to start doing things that we think that God does not see, or we develop habits of sin that we're doing and we don't have that conversation, 
consciousness to anymore that this is sin and it's all right and it feels good, then that's when we are driven away in our relationships with God. But that's one of the penalties of sin is that it sears your consciousness. And that's what the Bible says about the blood of Jesus. It says that the blood of Jesus comes to cleanse our consciousness right. because your consciousness is, is seared because of sin. And the way you see things is it's really blurred and it's really convoluted through the eyes of sin. That's why God comes to put a new lens on our eyes that we might see him through eyes of faith. And that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We need to be looking at God through the eyes of faith. It is really hard, actually impossible to grasp all of God without doing it by faith. I mean, he is so big and so wonderful and so majestic and so holy. Everything that we know of him and grasp and understand about him, we have to do it by faith. And what Adam did, I believe when he had that initial fall from out of relationship with God and sin entered into the heart of man. And then, and that's what he, he began to, to walk in the flesh. And that's why when you walk in the flesh, everything does of, you know, you do see the flaws and you do see the shortcomings. He looked at his body and what used to be beautiful because God made it. He was ashamed, as you said, because he was naked. So he wanted to cover himself up because now you're walking in the flesh. And when you're walking in the flesh, we try to patch things up and cover things up. And you know, that's why we, we, we do penance before God. And you think you can do 12 Hail Marys and you think that's going to clean you Mm -hmm. up. No, no, no. God has to clean you up supernaturally by divine grace. Otherwise you will still be filthy, wretched and undone. So he asked us even now, where are you? Where, where are you now? Take introspection of yourself. You used to pray. You used to get up and pray. You used to stay up late and pray. You used to couldn't wait to get to the place where you would commune with him, but he hasn't talked to you in a while. Where are you? It's just like when it says that your love has grown cold and that your ears have gone dull. And it's because we have uh, left our first love. And like you said before, that's exactly the problem that he had with one of the churches in Revelation. He sent one of the angels to tell him, said, you, you know, you've done all this. You have all this. He said, but but I have one thing against you. and, And that is that you have forgotten your first love. And so that's where we are and that we have to take inspection and inventory as to where we are. There is a scripture that also says to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. When you find yourself in a dry place or you find yourself that you just don't hear from God like you used to, then that is the time when you do come to the throne of grace. One of the things we we fail to realize is that we can come to God and begin to speak to him as we're speaking to another person. I heard a woman this week and she was saying that one the lady that she had known was that um, God had asked her to do something but the results wasn't like what she expected so she went to God and, and said God I feel cheated and she said that do you think God was offended because she came to him and said that no but God listened and the next day God began to show her some things open up her eyes to see some areas in her life and that where she needed to get rid of and to what her meaning and purpose was in doing what he had called her to do. The scripture says that in the presence of the Lord, there is refreshing getting before the Lord and allowing him to speak to your heart. And a lot of times we just think that we have to really go through, like you say, in a ritual in order to do that. But no, just come as you are before the Lord and let him begin to start uh, healing those areas that has been exposed. 
And, and you know, the, the song says that we forfeit a great privilege when we don't come into the presence of God. Oh, what privileges we often forfeit when we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And I think that you do yourself a great disservice when you leave at the when you leave untapped the privilege and the potential that God has given you to have communion with him. When he bids you to come to the throne of grace and you don't come, when he bids you to lay everything at his uh, at the altar before him and he will hear you and you keep running to other people for prayer and seeking him through other means, but he bid you come boldly unto him. You can come to him for yourself. He has rent the middle a wall of partition between you and him. You don't have to I, I mean he has made this thing so easy. The access to God is so easy and open and we still don't come to him. What more could he do? He relentlessly hunts us down chases us down. He loves to commune with us. He loves to fellowship Absolutely. with us. I, that's why I love the psalm so well. When the psalmist says one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after all the days of my life I want to dwell in his presence I want to behold his beauty I want to bask in the presence of the Lord that is my one desire that is the thing that's driving me I want to be in his presence listen if you see other people enjoying an intimate relationship with God don't you be don't you think that that is not available to you you Yes. should be jealous a godly jealous of that in a way that you that you chase after it if they have it it's available to you it costs something to have that intimate relationship with god we want all of the benefits with none of the a cost, but the anointing of God is costly. It will cost you something, but God is saying, where are you? I've missed you. I've been waiting on you. I've been looking for you. God pursues you. He doesn't run from you. It's like we would run from you. We would leave you alone, but, but God doesn't do that. He continues to, to pursue you. He continues to want to draw you closer. Matter of fact, I heard the spirit of the Lord even say, come to the table and and when you when he's talking about the table, he's talking about come to that place of communion with me. I mean, and that's what he wants for you to do. And what does it mean to come to God? What does it mean to come to the table? It means to to open up your word and begin to read it and allow the scriptures to begin to speak to you. It means to pray the scriptures back to the Lord or even just sitting there and just having that conversation with God being open, being exposed, being naked before the Lord. He sees you anyway and begin to start speaking those words back to God. What what else does it mean? It means to sing songs of praise and, and, and adoration unto the Lord. I mean, it, it's amazing how you could be walking in your house House and you don't even have that intention of really reading your word, but God, he speaks something right to your spirit. And it's like you just, it just, just goes into your spirit and you realize that God has said a word to you or he's giving you an answer to a question or something of that nature. And it's because you have been in that presence with him. He's been in, you have that relationship with him. He woos you. 
because he wants you to come to him and he wants you to share in, in the in the benefits that he has for you. And what a blessing that he calls us his friend. And we should not forfeit that privilege, that benefit, that opportunity that we have to come into his presence, to bless his holy name, to receive from him all that he wants to pour into you. But he has been missing you in that place where you used Used to be. Sometimes you quit coming to meet God on your normal uh, appointed time because he hasn't answered a prayer. And now mm-hmm. you're protesting by staying away. You know, when you get mad at your friend, you don't call them anymore. You don't go visit them for a while. You call yourself protesting because you mad at them. Well, don't get mad at God. He has given you no reason to be mad, to stay out of fellowship, to abandon your time. You need to get back to where you uh, used to be with him. You need to call upon his name, fellowship with him. Don't abandon that place that you have with the Lord. If anything you abandon, don't abandon your walk with God. Don't leave that intimate place that you have with him. He deserves all of you. He deserves all of you. In times of trouble and in times of distress, you need him more than you need anything. You need him more than you need anyone. So if you abandon and forsake anything or anyone, don't let it be the Lord. He is asking the question, where are you? You know, it reminds me that the last part, where are you? I was thinking about Peter when he told Peter that he would deny him. And he told him how many times. And and God knows what you're going to do even before you do it. And he told Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, oh, no, Lord, I I could never deny you. And what happened? He actually denied him. Like. Within a few hours. Within a few hours. And this is what I remember reading this scripture is that when when he denied Jesus the last time and the cock crowed, Peter looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at him and Peter ran and he continued the shame, the shame and the guilt of, of what he had his done. But eyes were open because he sees the nature that's in his heart. That's right. And that's, you know, and, and that's what God does. He show us ourselves. And so what happened is when he rose from the grave, he had the disciples, they gathered with him. They said, he told him, he says, oh, what is it? He said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Go tell Tell my because disciples. he Peter, was talking to one of the he, women. He was talking to the Marys. Peter did not feel like a disciple anymore. When you fail God, when you have done the thing that you swore you'd never do in the presence of God, you feel like a failure. You feel like you need to be cast out of his presence. But he says, go tell my disciples and, and Peter. Peter because it, he still wanted, he's, he still belongs and, but, and to look me. At, and look at Peter. I mean, listen. Peter wrote, you know, several books in the Bible and Peter was the one that he called the rock. But he Peter had to bring him back that- because, listen, when Peter failed God, just like Adam, when Peter failed God, Peter, like you said, he ran. But then he also, when they were assembled together with the disciples after Jesus had given up his life for all of us, the Bible says that Peter said to the disciples, I go a fishing. And they said, we also go with thee. Peter was saying, I am no good. Uh, I am That's no right. longer a disciple. I am no good 
I've lost my him. privilege. I, I have just, lost the privilege of being called yeah. a, a disciple of God. This thing isn't, I, I'm not everything I thought I would. So I'm just going to walk away. And that's what Adam, they had eaten the fruit and he realized he was naked. Basically, he realized the nature that was in his heart. And he says, I'm going to hide myself. That's when he right. heard the voice of Jesus coming in the cool of the day, they hid themselves because they were afraid. And that's really what it gets down to. We become afraid, afraid that God sees me for who I am. Well, I come to give you some good news. You don't have to be afraid. He knows you. He, he made you. He knows everything about you. When David said, search my heart, see if there be any wicked ways in me and take it out because God knows what's in your heart. He if sure you does. take the wings of the dove and fly, ascend into the heavens, you couldn't run from God. You couldn't hide from him That's in hell. David he said. knows everything. Thing about you and the good news is he loves you anyway my god and that's the kind of love that's i mean that's love in in this purest form is the unconditional love that no matter what you have done that he is able able to save you he has the power to deliver and he has the and he's already reconciled you is through his death if you just receive it and I, like you were speaking i just believe that there are some people that feel like they have done some things that are so wrong that they have in their mind that there's no way in the world that they could be forgiven and i do believe that's the reason why so many people are on drugs or at the point of of committing suicide is because they feel that they have done something that's so wrong that 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 they cannot be forgiven of or they don't want to face but god is so great that he will pursue after that individual and bring them back into him himself and and begin to start healing them in that area of disappointment that area of low self-esteem that that area of failure that area of defeat that that area where you just just think you can't do anything right everything you try because the devil and that's exactly what the devil did to eve he lied to her and that's what his purpose is the the bible says the devil is the father of lies he is the thief that he comes to kill steal and destroy and and so when we when we find ourselves in that place where overcome with sin or we feel like we just don't have the right to go back to God, know this, that's the devil that is telling you this. But he is receiving just just like the prodigal son when he left his father. I mean, he came back and he was, you know, he knew that he had done wrong. He knew he left his he place of comfort. Like oh, my God. He, he knew that. And but what happened? The father was there with open arms gave him a gift to let him know that you are still my son mm. you still have an inheritance with me you're still in line for 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 the gifts that I have you are still my son and that's what God is saying to uh to us today is that you're still my he said I love you with an everlasting love oh, I mean that's a love that never runs out that's a love that goes from generation to generation that's the love that Pass will go down sin. to the that's the love that'll go to the gutter and drag you out that's the kind of love that will pick you up when you're dirty and clean you up that's the kind of love that when everyone else is against you he'll stand for you i mean this kind of love it cannot be uh, attributed to no one else but god he's saying where are you wherever you are wherever you are he said you're never too far that i can't reach you he said just come just come just and come. what you will find when you come is you will find that their god is just 
just waiting in your old familiar place. Yes. An empty spot beside him where once you used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day. I would have passed him by again, the song says, if I didn't hear him say, God saying to you, he misses his time with you. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. Busy trying to serve. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. It's true. I miss my time with you, but you provide the power. If I take time to pray, I'll stay right here beside you. God is saying that he misses his time with you, and you know, really, you miss that time with him as well. And the song says, there's a longing in my heart, and I know you feel that longing, that you want to get back to the place where you were with God. I've heard many people say that, and I've said that even myself, I got to get back to the place where I heard God's voice, where I can hear, where I can hear his voice. I remember when I first got saved, I could hear God in the morning. He speaks to me in the nighttime he speaks when I'm reading the Bible I'm hearing him speak but there came a time in my life uh, I couldn't hear his voice like I used to and I just knew that it was that point in time that I had to come back and begin to repent of my sins and that God will begin to speak to me once again he, he never stops speaking. What happens is that sin dulls your ability yes, to exactly. hear and to discern yes, what he is saying to you. And the guilt you. gets to you and to the, the point where it you. drives you away, you know, and you feel like you can't. But I'm telling you, what, just think about it. What would we have done if God would have given up on mm. us? And when God asks the question, where are you? You can say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. And he can speak to you and send you forth. And we thank God that he has taken time to remind us that we need to be in fellowship with him because he longs to be in fellowship with us. We want to pray this prayer. The first thing we need to do is repent and ask God to restore us back to that place where we once had fellowship and sweet holy communion with him. Dear God, would you forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Search our hearts in whatever wicked ways you find in us. Take it out, dear God. Renew a right mind and a right spirit in us. Put us back in that wonderful fellowship with you. We want to be able to say friendship with Jesus, fellowship divine. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. 
I can say that Jesus is a friend of mine. May we live and walk like we know you and we, Father, are not ashamed or afraid of you, that we are not hiding or running from you, dear God, but that we are longing to be in your presence. This one thing have I desired, and may it be the one thing that I seek after with all of my strength and my might, that I might dwell in your presence, dear God, to behold your beauty, to hear your voice, and to know what intimate fellowship is with my God. We thank you and we praise you, God, that you have called unto us. We have heard your call. And Father, we are coming back to you in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And we thank you for a space of grace to get back in fellowship with you. Amen. Amen. We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.